want to look to John chapter 3. Many of us know this text. Some of us do not. Many of us know this message. Some of us do not. So if I'm preaching something today that you've heard time and time again, uh, A, you're blessed. And B, just preach with me like you've never heard it before, like it's the first time you've ever heard it. Because there's others in here, it might be the first time they've ever heard it. And they need, they need a fresh word. And they need fresh faith from the family of God in this place so that they can share what you have had, what you have experienced. John chapter 3, verse 1 through 10 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's it. There's some finality to that statement. He said he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh or natural, the natural birth, that's natural. He's not speaking of natural birth. He said, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not or, or don't, don't consider it such a great thing that I'm telling you that you must be born again. Don't marvel at this. He said, the wind blows where it listeth. It blows where it wants. You hear the sound of it, but you can't tell whence it cometh and where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And we'll talk more about that. That, that verse kind of messes with people, but we'll give, give clarity to that. Nicodemus answered and said to them, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? You're, you're a great teacher in Israel, and you don't know what I'm telling you. I'm thankful that we have revelation. I'm thankful that we have truth. We're going to dive into this. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to preach this. And I, I just would pray today that your heart is open and that you're available to God and what he wants to do in your life today. Will you have a word of prayer with me just for a moment? Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this gift that you have given us, Lord, the new birth. God, you have given us a great gift. You have given us access, Lord, to the kingdom of God. Lord, let somebody's eyes be open today. Lord, let somebody's heart be open today, Lord. Lord, let somebody be born of the water and of the spirit today, God. Let lives be changed in this place, Lord. You know the condition of every heart, God. You know the words that we need, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, through your word. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. I'm preaching to you today from this title, Access to the Kingdom. Access to the Kingdom. Jesus is a king. He is not just any king. He is not just another king. Jesus is the king of kings. There are kings in this world. There are rulers in this world. But Jesus is sovereign over them all. 
just as Jesus is a king, he has a kingdom. His kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. His kingdom is not of this world. It wasn't made by man. Neither can it be constructed by man. Neither can it be destroyed by man. There is a kingdom that we cannot see with our physical eyes, but we can experience with our spirits. The kingdoms of this world, they come and go. You know that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of kingdoms and civilizations that are underneath the sands of time that archaeologists still look for and try to dig up any remnants and any evidence that they can find. Kingdoms of this world will fall. Kingdoms will come and go. Jesus' kingdom will never fade. It is an eternal kingdom. It's not moved with culture and situation and circumstance. It's not shaken with, with things that happen in this world. The kingdom of God was here before us. The kingdom of God will be present after us. The church is not the kingdom of God. The church is the vehicle for the kingdom of God to be established in the hearts and lives of mankind. Jesus came to establish his kingdom. He is a king that is establishing his kingdom in the hearts of men. Do you want to be a part of that kingdom? That kingdom will never fade. That kingdom can never be defeated. Humanity cannot touch it. And not just anyone can enter it. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in a political party. Our hope is not in the leading political person, whoever they may be, whoever is the flavor of the month or the flavor of the year. Our hope is not in some personality with some cool ideas and concepts. Our hope is not in anything this world has to offer. If your hope is in this world alone, the Apostle Paul said, we are of all men most miserable. But our hope is in the kingdom of heaven. Our hope is in the kingdom of God. Our hope is in the king of that kingdom. Jesus' ministry was primarily about establishing his kingdom in our hearts. Matthew 4 and 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The first message Jesus preached was a message about the kingdom. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You have to turn away. Repentance is a turning away. He was saying, repent of this kingdom this world, for I bring another kingdom, and it's at hand. If we are to be a part of the kingdom of God, we must repent. Matthew 10 and 7 through 8, Jesus said this, And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, cast out devils, raise the dead. Freely ye have 
get, been given. Or freely you have received. Freely you shall give. So not only did Jesus come preaching the kingdom of God, he told his disciples to go and preach the kingdom of God. We don't need a new concept. We don't need a, a, a flattering message. We just need to tell people there's a kingdom at hand. There is a kingdom that you want to be a part of. There is a kingdom that God has invited us to be a part of. But you've got to turn away from this earthly kingdom. Jesus met this man, Nicodemus. He met with him. He gave him a, an audience of one. Nicodemus came to Jesus privately. This was, this was a man of reputation. This was a man that, that had something to lose if he got caught conversing with this, this maverick, this renegade, Jesus. J Jesus was not a part of the religious crowd. Jesus was not a part of the home team. They had their kingdom, but he was establishing his kingdom. But Nicodemus felt drawn to the Lord. And the sun splashed the western sky, bright orange and pink. Just minutes later, the sun tucked away as darkness settled in. Nicodemus came to Jesus. He came to him at nighttime. Sometimes... It's in the night that Jesus does his best work. Sometimes it's, it's when we are away from the crowd and when we are away from the hustle and bustle. And when the lights are gone down and, and there's quietness and, and God can speak to your heart and God can deal with the heart. Have you ever been in a night season where you felt like you had no hope? You've been in a night season where you felt like you had no answers. You felt like there was no one to turn to. Nicodemus couldn't turn to his friends. They didn't have the answers. Nicodemus couldn't turn to the culture. It didn't have the answers. It was a night season. And Jesus met him where he was at. And he gave him a word. He said, you must be born again. It was no, no matter why they met, we don't know why they met, but we understand it was under the cover of darkness. These, these questions that Nicodemus had for the Lord, he said, we know that you are from God. We know that, that God is with you. For no man can do these things that you do except God be with him. So he, he was kind of, maybe this was their custom. I feel like this might have been their custom. You know, I, I, I understand he come and said, Rabbi. He called Jesus Rabbi. That, that in and of itself is a big deal because they did not want to accept him as a rabbi. So the fact that he came to him, Nicodemus had reverence. He had respect. He said, Rabbi. Or he could have just been giving those, those, those flowers, those accolades. Jesus did not acknowledge those things. He didn't acknowledge the fact that he was saying, you're a healer and you do miracles and you're from God and, and you're rabbi and you have this title. He did not even acknowledge those things. Jesus was so humble. Those things are just a byproduct of kingdom ministry. Those things are just a byproduct of what God has for us in the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus asked him, he said, Lord, how do you do these things? That's what he's saying. How? How? How are you able to perform these miracles? Jesus just gave him this captivating answer. He just, said, he just simply said, you must be born again, Nicodemus. It, it's so simple. Everybody has a question. 
Everybody ha has these perplexing thoughts and ideas. And Jesus just said, you cannot even see, Nicodemus, you cannot even see my kingdom except you be born again. And he's like, well, let me think about this. A man, his mother, Lord, how can a man go back into the belly of his mother and be born again? And Jesus is like, dude, you don't get it. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Captain Obvious here. The answer was right in front of his face. He was saying, you have to be born of the water and of the spirit. If you want to see or enter the kingdom of God with new birth comes new vision. With new birth comes access into the kingdom of God. I was going to bring it. I forgot. I was going to bring my work badge. There, there, there's no way I can go in and out of my work, place of employment, without that badge. Most of you probably have one. But there are certain places you cannot go. There are certain doors that you can't, cannot open without that, that badge. I can't even get in the front gate without that badge. The new birth is your badge. It is your access to the kingdom of God. You must be born again. There's a difference between being religious-minded and kingdom-minded. Nicodemus was very religious-minded. He was a teacher. He was Jesus said, you are a master, a master teacher. People come to you. They need answers. You know things. You, you have knowledge. You know all of the religious etiquette. You know how to say the right things and do the right things. He said, but Nicodemus, you can't even see my kingdom Unless you are born again. You can do away with all of the phylacteries. You can do away with all of the, the accolades. You can do away with all that, Nicodemus. I don't care. You must be born again. He just bypassed all of the nonsense. Nicodemus was well aware that a Messiah was coming. He understood those things. He understood that, that God would bring salvation to humanity. But he didn't understand this concept. What do you do? Let me, let me ask you a personal question. What do you do when God challenges your paradigm? What do you do when God challenges your way of thinking? What do you do when God comes in and overturns the apple cart? We must decrease that he may increase. We must decrease. John said it right. I must decrease that he may increase. When, when Jesus challenges your thinking, I know I'm preaching a little bit different today, but I'll get to it when I feel led to. But I need us to understand we cannot be so caught up in our religion that we forget we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. It is not our religion that will save anybody. But it is an experience and an encounter with God that will give them access into a kingdom that they had no idea about. That they did not even know existed. Instantly, Nicodemus began to wrestle with this. More questions arose. How? How can a man be born when he is old? How can he get into his mother's? I don't understand. How can this, how can this happen? There are many believers in our world that still do not 
understand that you must be born again. You must have it. That the word again is kind of where it is established. That word again, it's, it's such a little word. And, and sometimes the Bible can be difficult. You have to dig. You have to dig below the surface. It's not all just right there on the page. Sometimes you got to dig. That word again means to be born from above. It means to be born from above or of the spirit or of the source, of the source. You must be born again. You must be born from above. You must be born of your source. You know who our source is? God is our source. He is the one that gives the new birth. Jesus was not telling Nicodemus that he had to do what he had already done. He was not telling him he had to do something impossible. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit. This is the again. He broke it down. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus was not teaching about some natural birth. Jesus was teaching about a spiritual birth. It, it is a spiritual transformation. It is a transition. The new birth is a transition from me walking into one out of one door and into another door. I can transition myself from this sanctuary out into the lobby, out into the vestibule, whatever you want to call it. I can transition myself from this place out into the hallway. The new birth is a transition. It is a new birth. It is a resurrection of this spirit that was in me, that was asleep. It was, it was dead, the Bible says. You were dead in your sins, in your trespasses. The new birth makes us alive again. It brings resurrection power into our hearts. And we transition from this world into another world where we walk with God, where we can do exploits. These are where the signs come in. These are where the wonders come in. These are where the miracles come in. These are where all of those things that Nicodemus talked about. These things happen in the kingdom of God. We have to transition. Don't allow yourself. I want to talk to those that understand what I'm saying here. Don't allow yourself to stay in this world, in this citizenship. God has called us unto a kingdom ministry. God has called us unto a higher calling. God wants you to step out of the natural and into the supernatural. God wants you to do things for him. And that cannot happen if you remain always in this natural realm, this, this place of, of just stagnance where you just plateau and you become like Nicodemus and you have all the knowledge and you know everything, but yet you experience nothing. The kingdom is an experience. The kingdom of God is an experience. This message is not confusing. Nicodemus was confused. Lord, all he could think about was the natural. God was trying to change his thinking. That, that word paradigm, just the way you always see things, the way they've always been is the way they always are. Just like when I opened up this, this message, I was talking about victory. We always have seen ourselves as a struggling person in this area. We've always seen ourselves as, as having a weakness here. And we've always seen ourselves as a failure or somebody who can only live here. That's a paradigm that you're locked into. But God wants to attack that paradigm and say you can be a victor. You can be an overcomer. 
That's, that's a paradigm shift. Nicodemus needed a paradigm shift. He was saying, you know religion and you know what you believe, but I have another world. I have another kingdom. I have another calling. You need to pull down that thinking. Pull down the thinking of this is just the way we do things here. We're changing things. God is calling this church to a higher calling. God is calling us to something greater. And that, that, that's going to mean we have to change the way we think. That's going to mean we have to change the way we think we all, it always has been done. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. You must be born again. This gives us entrance into the kingdom of God. How willing, how willing are we to share this, this message? Jesus told his disciples, I want you to just go and I want you to preach the kingdom of God. He didn't give them a message of of this title and this, this scripture and this sermon and these notes. He didn't give them all that. He said, I want you to go and preach the kingdom of God. And I want you to heal the sick. And I want you to cast out devils. And I want you to cleanse the lepers. And I want you to raise the dead. He commissioned them to do ministry as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And they went and they just did it. They said, this is what he said to do. This is what we're going to do. The kingdom of God is at hand. Be healed. Be cleansed. Come back from the dead. Devils, go. And they just operated under authority. They operated under the authority of the king. Nicodemus is all around us, folks. Nicodemus is all around us. Nicodemus is at work. Nicodemus is at school. Nicodemus lives in your neighborhood. Nicodemus goes to the same gas station and grocery stores that we go to. Only their name isn't Nicodemus. It's Molly, or it's, it's Manuel, or it's Joseph, or it's Alan. Nicodemus has many names. But the question is still the same. How must I be saved? How can I come in contact with this God that they say is so real? And you can tell them, you must be born again. You must be born of water and of spirit. And when you do that, you can exit this world and you can get into a new kingdom with new citizenship, with new blessings, with a new level of living. I must be willing to share this with Nicodemus. You know who they are. Jesus meets each of us at the point of our need. Acts chapter 10, a Gentile soldier named Cornelius hungered for more of God. And an angel instructed him, he said, I want you to send men to Joppa. There is one staying at a man's house named Simon, a tanner. He lives by the seaside. There's somebody staying with him named Peter. I want you to get Peter, and I want you to bring him back here. He has words to tell you. He has words that he would like to share with you. And when Peter arrived, he just started preaching the kingdom of God, the word of God. And, and the Holy Ghost fell on everybody because God wants everybody in the kingdom. And Peter said this. He said, uh, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. Ask anyone whose life the Lord has transformed and you will find that Jesus met each of us where we were. He came to us at our lowest point. 
He came to us in a time when we didn't have any other answers, when we didn't have any other options or alternatives. Jesus will meet you at your point of need. He will meet you at your point of faith. He will meet you wherever you want to meet him. If it's underneath the, the darkness of night, he'll meet you there. If it's in a Sunday service, he'll meet you there. If it's in your car on the way from home, on the way from work, he'll meet you there. Wherever you are, if you will call on the Lord. He will meet you and He will give you access. You can have it. Do you remember where you were at when God called you out? Do you remember how you felt? Do you remember the, the depth that you were at when God pulled you up? That, that low point, that dark place, that place of hopelessness where Jesus met you and gave you an experience that translated you from this world into another world wherein dwells righteousness and hope and peace and healing. We live in this world where it leaves more holes than wholeness. We, we live in this world that, that leaves more brokenness than, than it does blessings. We live in this world that cannot give the answers. We must be born again. We must be born again. We must be born again. So that we can enter into another world where we can have that hope. You cannot have peace in this world like you can in the kingdom of God. You cannot have the blessings that the kingdom can give you in this world. Spiritual blessings. Part of our maturing happens when, when questions come. We learn to speak. There's some babies in this church. Some of the first things they start saying is, what's that? They'll just kind of, what's that? What's that? And then when they get a little bigger, they, why? Why? That's what Nicodemus was doing. He was coming to the Lord saying, what, what, what is this? What's going on here? What are you doing? How do you do this? Who are you? Why? Why is this happening? We must tell people. We must have the questions answered that they need. Naturally, there will we'll wrestle with spiritual questions. We might even ask, uh, you know, what does relationship look like with God? So there, there, there are people that don't know how to walk with God. How do I, how do I pray? How do I have a relationship with the Lord? How do, I, how do I do these things you're doing? And you can show people how to operate in the kingdom. You can show people how to walk with God. You can show people how to live for God. This is what it looks like. This is what victory looks like. This is what wholeness in a healthy life looks like. Some people, all they have never known is brokenness and pain. But when they come into the kingdom... We can say this is what healing looks like. This is what health looks like. This is what wholeness looks like. We can look again at the answer and see how Scripture further explains that the gospel or the good news brings us salvation. It gives us access to the kingdom of God. The gospel message declares that Jesus was born that he died on Calvary, and that he was resurrected from the grave on the third day. We can participate in the gospel when we die to ourselves. This is what repentance is. Repentance is a death of my will. Repentance is a death of the way I used to live. Repentance is me taking the old man, my old life, and nailing it to a cross. Proverbial. Repentance is me saying, I'm turning my back on that. You identify with the death of Jesus Christ when you die out to yourself. You know what he said when he was getting ready to be crucified? Father, if it be your will, 
let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. When we say these things, I don't want to, you, you may not want to let go of some things. I understand that. There may be some things in this life that you enjoy. Sin is pleasurable for a season. But if we turn our back to it, we identify with the death of Jesus Christ. When we are baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we identify with the gospel. We identify with the burial of Jesus Christ. We identify, the Bible says that we are buried with him in baptism. That like as Christ rose from the dead, we too shall walk in newness of life. We identify with the gospel when we are baptized and have our sins washed away in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we identify with his resurrection power when he fills us with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And one day we will raise again when he calls us from this world into his heavenly kingdom. Can we give God praise? When we identify with his burial, his death, and his resurrection, it gives us access into his kingdom. He said, know ye not, Romans 6 and 3 and 4, that so many of us that were baptized were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. We are buried with him by baptism. We are buried with him by baptism. We identify with him by the this is the gospel i'm talking to somebody here because you've been wrestling with these questions you've been wrestling with what what next steps i need to do you've been wrestling with with what i need to do next if you have repented if you have made a conscious decision to turn away from one life you step into another decision by saying i want that life washed away I want those sins washed away. I want those mistakes gone. I want those failures gone. I want that past life to be completely gone. This happens when we bury it. We bury that life in the water of baptism. When we come out of that water, that life does not come with us. When we come out of the water, those sins don't come with us. When we come up out of that water, the devil don't come with us. You got spirits been attacking your life. You got, you, the devil's had access to your life. I can tell you this, when you're covered by the blood of Jesus through baptism, he don't have access no more. He don't have entrance no more into your life. He don't come back from the grave. You can bury those things. We identify with him. We identify with the gospel. This translates us into the kingdom of God. Being born again is just the beginning. I, I remember being told this. I, I specifically remember this. I received the Holy Ghost. I, I, I had this new life in Christ. And I almost was offended. I almost was offended. Someone said, oh, you're just scratching the surface. And I'm like, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I just came out of. I felt like I was swimming in the deep waters. They said, oh, you're just scratching the surface. I felt about that big. I felt, I felt spiritual. I felt powerful. Well, you are when you have the Spirit of the Lord. But there's so much more. There's so much more in the kingdom of God. I, I hope you believe that there is still so much more for you in the kingdom of God. I, I hope somebody believes that the, God still has more for you. That God still has a plan for your life. I, I hope you have not settled and said this is as far as I go. And this is as used as I can be. And this is as powerful as I've ever known I can be. I believe there's more. I believe the kingdom of God is endless. I believe the kingdom is eternal. 
I believe the kingdom has no bounds. There is more for the child of God than just stepping in to the front office of the kingdom. There's more for the kingdom. There's more for the child of God in the kingdom. Mm. I feel that so strongly in my spirit right now. Step out of the shallow. Stop playing in the kiddie pool. I'm not being mean. I'm just losing my voice. Step out of the, the, the shallow waters. There's deeper waters. There's waters to swim in. In the kingdom of God. There's miracles. There's signs and wonders. In the kingdom. What are you going to do when God calls you and challenges you? He was calling Nicodemus out. What are you going to do when God says, you've been there long enough. It's time to level up. It's time to level up in the kingdom. I'm telling you, Brother Williams, you said it so accurately the other night. When you're offered a seat on a rocket ship, you're going to just stand there and watch it take off. You're going to strap in. You're going to buckle up. You're going to tighten up the harness and say, let's go. I'm telling you, we're going places. The church is going places. This church is going places. You got a seat on a rocket ship. You better strap in. The kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of God is going places. The kingdom of God is going to overtake the whole earth. You better get on board. You better get out of the lobby. You better start riding the elevator up because we're going places. I, I rode something recently. Was it called the slingshot? Is that what it was? The slingshot? I rode a slingshot. Anybody else rode, rode one? A couple people? Whew. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, you better strap in. I got into that thing, and I buckled up, and I made sure to go up a couple times, make sure that thing was good. And they got smoke coming out around the sides, and there's like launch music in the background and stuff, and I'm like, man, this is going to be intense. I'm, I'm afraid of heights. I'm not a heights person. And they're like, yeah, the guy's like, yeah, this slings you up at about 398 feet um, in about two seconds or something like that. I can't remember. And so he's given the statistics. And I, they do that to mess with your head, I know. And it was messing with my head. And I'm like, yeah, okay. When that thing, choo, up into the night sky. And, and it was just intense. But. That's what's happening in the kingdom of God. God's saying, you better strap in because I've got something so much greater than you've ever experienced. I've got so much more for you. You're, this is shallow living. If you will do what I tell you to do, you will get results that you could have never gotten in any other way. You say the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm stepping out in boldness. I'm stepping out in faith right now. Get on board. Get on board. Remain committed. So this message, there is no other plan, folks. There is no other, there's no plan B. It's plan A. You must be born again. Because one of these days, like that slingshot whew, took off, this church has taken off. And it ain't coming back down. You're either on board or you're gone. There is no plan B. You must be born again. You must repent of this earthly kingdom. You must be water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be. And you must be filled, overflowing. Let, let him flow. Let the spirit of the Lord flow in your life. It, it is for you. It is for me. It is for everyone. It is for man, woman, boy, and girl. It's for everybody. The promise is unto you and to your children. 
And to, and to all them that are far off, it's for everybody. It's not just for the Pentecostals. It's not just for the, for the non-denominational. It's, it's not just for the, the charismatics. It, it's for everybody. It, it's for every color. It's for every tribe. It's for every nation. It's for every tongue. It's for every single person. If you have breath in your body, the Holy Ghost is for you. Don't miss out on it. What is next? What is next? You can stand with me. This was the question. Now what? What is next? These disciples, right, coming fresh off of their, their Lord dying. For three days, they're asking that question. Now what? What do we do? We have no leader. We have no, no answer. But Jesus rose again. There was hope. And this, you know what? This is what the Bible says. Acts chapter 1. This is what the Bible says. I want you to just look at this with me. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day which he was taken up and after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Look at verse 3. To whom also... He showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things, what? Pertaining to the kingdom of God. He said, I've still got a few details I want to touch up on. For 40 days. You know, people think that he just rose from the grave and just took off. That ain't what happened. A month and a half, he was hanging out. Teaching about the kingdom of God. And being assembled together. Verse 4, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but what? Wait for the promise of the Father, which said, you have heard of me. I've told you about it. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days from now. There it is again. There's a new birth. There's a new birth. They hadn't experienced it yet, but he said, I told you about it. You've heard it of me. You've read it in the prophets. Peter preached about it. Joel preached about it. So what's next? This is the question many people in our current day face. We know we need God. We know that our lives don't feel complete. We know that this world has damaged us and broken us. We know the pain that this world has caused us, the suffering. Now what? Now what do we do? I give you the same answer that Jesus gave Nicodemus. You must be born again. You must be born again. There's a king waiting for you. There's a kingdom waiting for you. He's a benevolent king. He's a just king. He's a wise king. He takes care of his kingdom. He takes care of those that are a part of the kingdom of God.
Jesus said this. He was in the world, or John said this, the world was made by him, and he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many of them as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Matthew 13, Jesus said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for great joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Jesus said, when you find the kingdom of God, you better leave everything else behind. You better abandon everything you've ever known. This man, he said he sold everything he had. He gave it away. Whatever he had to do, he found something of great value. The kingdom of God. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Who when he found a pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He said, I'll take it. When you come in contact with the kingdom of God, you will never be the same. You will never look at life the same again. When you come in contact with the king of the kingdom, I'm telling you, there is nothing in this world that can ever measure up. There is nothing in this world that can ever take its place. There is a place in you that God has designed that only he can satisfy. He said, if any man thirst, let him come to me. And I will give him living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I want to know, do you want what God's got for you? Do you want that living water? Do you want that new birth? Do you want access to the kingdom of God? Are you willing to leave everything else behind? God is challenging you right now. The Spirit and the Word are challenging your thinking right now. You're thinking, well, I've already got it. You're thinking, well, I've already experienced it. You're thinking, well, I don't necessarily agree with all that. I'm telling you that the kingdom of God is waiting for you if you will take heed, not to my voice, to the Word of the Lord. You must be born again. You should close your eyes with me right now. I'm just following the leading of the Holy Ghost.